Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the FIGHT podcast. I, as always, am your humble host, Serge Vicente, and today, man, is a special day, man. Today's a little different, man. Um, I actually have the studio in guest. Holy shit, Brandon Camille, my guy, finally made it. What it do, bro? Sergio, it's an honor to finally meet you. So a lot of you, uh, we've mentioned in the, on the show before, me and Sergio actually have never met. I probably We're introduced know. from a, a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, so eight months ago, I didn't know Serge at all. And we were introduced <laughs> by a mutual friend just because of my love for the sport. And, you know, with Serge being a big MMA guy already and wanting to talk a little bit more about boxing, it was kind of like the perfect match. And so here we are finally in Chicago, in person, recording live. So definitely a special episode, man. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I appreciate you as always, man, joining me in studio today. Um, it, I wish it was a little bit more uh, more to talk about, but regardless, yo, man, we know how it is with, uh, with combat sports. There's always drama somewhere. So um, we're going to get into a lot of different things. Obviously, we'll talk about AJ. We'll talk about the fights that are also coming up next week. But, uh, bro, man, all in all, man, let's tell the people, man, how you living, bro? Man, I am good. I'm here for uh, close friends of mine, my lawn brother, his wedding. Yeah. Um, so I'm so excited to see uh, see my boy finally get to marry the love of his life. And uh, yeah, man, just relax this weekend. You know, been a little stressed. Definitely <laughs> happy to be around friends, around around you, man. So good vibes all weekend. Man. Definitely, um, definitely excited for it. And, you know, Chicago, summertime shy is always nice. Do you have weather- you been here before? I've been here a couple times before. That's what's up. That's so, what's you know, up. the weather's not the best right now, but the vibes are there. So, you know, we're going to have a good time. There it is, man. Uh, yo, man. No, that's great, bro. It's um. have you had Chicago pizza yet? Let's be honest. No, no, I have not. I have not had Chicago deep dish pizza. You, you I'm club? not. And pizza is actually my favorite food. And for some reason, I'm like, I'm not drawn to deep dish pizza. It's really not like I, I don't have much of an interest for it. Like I've had it outside of Chicago and I'm typically just not a fan of it. No disrespect or anything. Because you haven't actually had our deep dish pizza. You've had fake imitations, bro. It's not the same, man. And here's the thing. Everybody looks at Chicago. They just think it's deep dish, right? Bro, we have a litany of different pizza. We have the best thin crust in the world. We have the best bar pizzas in the world. Deep dish is just one of many amazing pizzas that Chicago has, man. Just because you're from New York, bro, do not, do not, you know, get on the deep dishes trash because all of our pizza is better. Well, okay. I'm just saying. All all your pizza is better. All of them. Don't don't get too crazy. I mean, I understand y'all do deep dish, but I mean, New York is the home of pizza. So let's not get that twisted at all. And, you know, the type of people I come with, they're like... Yo, let's go to Harold's. Like, uh, you I, know I what? Might, Not I might mad get, like, at that. We might be in a big group, and it might be like one or two of us. Like, yo, I want to try out Chicago deep dish pizza. 
Nah, we want to go to Harold. And I mean, that's always yo. Happens. For those who do not know Chicago, Harold's is like the staple hood chicken spot. You know, uh, every major city has some version of Harold's. Um, there's a there's a Harold's in all of us. <laughs> you know exactly, exactly, man. So uh, when you're in Chicago, man, yo, you got to get the Harold's with the mild sauce, and uh, and, and you'll be happy, man. So, um, but yo, look, glad you're here, bro. Uh, let, let's start off with some with a little bit of drama, man. I feel like this is something that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Um, obviously, we've talked about to the buildup of it. But as we all know, AJ Anthony Joshua is attempting to get his belt back against the now champion Andy Ruiz. Um, and Eddie Hearn just recently announced that it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. That's good and well, but it sounds like everybody's on board except for the actual champion now in Andy Ruiz. And Ruiz said he's not doing it. He's not signing because he doesn't feel as if he's protected um, being, you know, in Saudi Arabia, which I think you and I could somewhat agree with. But does he have any honestly, do you feel like he has any room to stand on at this point in time? Well, first off, put some respect on his name. The unified champion. Andy Ruiz. <laughs> Put some respect on my man's name. And, man, you what, know... What belts does he have? Which which one? He has the WBA. Yeah. The IBF. And the WBO belt. It's a bad dude, man. Yeah, man. Andy Ruiz is that guy. And he's been living in life. He's been he, awarded... Did you see he bought a uh, Rolls Royce? I saw that, man. He's, man. A, he's a car guy. So, he I is. think he had a Porsche before. Didn't he, he say did. that? And he's had a couple of, like, super dope BMWs. He's, he's so, a legit car dude. You know, so, he, he's a car, car guy. You know, I think... Being a car doc guy is a little bit different than just getting your first touch of money and saying, I'm just buying an ignorant car. If it's actually right. a passion of yours yeah. Yeah. and you're not doing it to floss, do your thing. Yeah. He done bought his mom's a house. He's living good. Well, let's 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 uh let's take a, a trip back in time. Let's see. <laughs> let, let's review exactly how we got here. You know, back a couple a couple months ago, Andy Ruiz was fighting on a P, on a, on a PBC card. Right. Yeah. He, he was fighting against who, who was the guy he fought against? Do you remember? Uh, super tall dude. Um, what's his name? Um, pulling his name up now. That was Alexander Dimitrenko. Yes, that was on. Uh, I believe I believe it was on Fox. You know, he, Andrew Ruiz probably made a few hundred thousand for that fight. I, I'm not, I don't know the exact purse. But couldn't have been more than a few hundred thousand. Let's say probably five hundred thousand max. I, probably more around two hundred thousand. That that's what I think it was. I think it was somewhere around there. And so, at this point, this is about six weeks out. Big Baby Miller tests positive for steroids. No, no, he tested positive for multiple. every fucking thing. Well, let's put some respect <laughs> on his name too. He put, he tested positive for multiple banned substances. Man, so he gets out the, uh, the 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 whole. Balco damn lab he tested for. Yeah, I mean he was a science experiment. So he he tests positive. There the fight his fight with Anthony Joshua falls through, and Anthony Joshua needs an opponent. This yeah. front runner and the people who, who the person who everybody wanted to see was Luis Ortiz. We felt like that was the best guy out there with the best chance to beat Anthony Joshua at the time. Mm-hmm. Little did we know he had all he had already something uh, pre negotiated with Deontay Wilder. Fair. Anthony Joshua decides to do a favor almost because Andy Ruiz was begging for this fight, DMing Eddie Hearn on Instagram. Please give me a chance. Andy Ruiz was rewarded an opportunity. And what he did when he was rewarded that opportunity is he signed a contract. 
He signed a contract knowing, hey, this is probably a bit of a shitty deal, but I've never seen this type of money in my life. Now, there is a rematch clause, and it, st and it states that he is still the B-side financially on that rematch clause. And to my knowledge, it, essentially, AJ and Eddie Hearn have creative control. You know, where the fight where the fight happens, the pay and everything. Like, they are still the A-side very much so. Right. Andy Ruiz signed a contract. And now he's saying that he doesn't want to fight in Saudi Arabia, he doesn't feel protected, and he wants to fight back in America. Yeah, okay, it's so real quick, real quick. I understand all that. And and I think I think most people would. Yes, you sign a contract, yes. But in terms of not feeling protected in for instance a place like Saudi Arabia where we we all know the only reason the fight is actually there is because they gave they gave Eddie Hearn a bag. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, I think there's a legitimate issue with this. And the fact that if we look at Amnesty International in the UK, Amnesty International here in the US, both human rights wise are sitting there saying that, look, man, this is a bad look. They're trying to sports wash all the negative shit that's been going on over there. So as we all know, like we, you and I talked about it, the whole Jamal Khashoggi thing, the possible Epstein shit, you know, there's so many bad and negative ties going on with this. I think it's a bad look. And not only that, we're talking about, again, for the fighters and not feeling protected. If it's there, do you know they're, they're, the arena that they're talking about building is only actually going to fit 7,000 people. So it's going to be in the middle of the afternoon on a huge sports weekend here in the States. At the end of the day, even for the fighters themselves, does this even fucking make sense? Or is this every I think we're looking at it like, oh, Andrew Ruiz, you better just shut up and take this. But man, he's kind of getting a shit the shit on. And at the end of the day, this doesn't actually make sense for boxing. This seems like a really fucked up move by Eddie Hearn. It seems like he's sitting here just enriching himself and screw everybody else. Well, we spoke about this last week. You know, we've already said how we both feel about the fact that this fight is going to take place in Saudi Arabia. We don't agree with it. We don't like it. We don't really think it makes sense. But hey, that's what Eddie Hearn and AJ decided. So you can't say it doesn't make sense for the fighters because AJ had a large hand in this decision. It wasn't just Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn, I'm sure he had influence in that decision, but AJ had a lot of say in this in this decision as well. Now, so obviously he's getting a bag probably undisclosed as well. He's probably getting some kind of something for that if he signed off on this also. Correct. And I'm, I'm sure he is. But Andy Ruiz is still bound to this contract. I, I get it. So, OK. We both trust Al Heyman. I don't trust anybody. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't okay. know these guys, but yes, I mean, in I, terms of what we've seen from him business-wise with the fighters that he's has, we do trust him. And again, he's he represents essentially every black and brown fighter in the game. He represents he rep he's the big guy who really made Floyd Mayweather the rich man that he was, etc. So, in terms of business, one hundred percent, I actually have faith in in Al Heyman, and if Al Heyman, who represents uh, Ruiz is telling him to do this and advising him to do this, I feel as if it has to be for a reason. And he, just like, and again, something we're not going to talk about, but the, the Jay-Z thing that we're talking about, he has earned my trust. 
He has earned my, you know, I at least I need to see how it plays out. And I believe that he has his fighters, essentially his fighters' best interest at heart. That's the only thing I've looked to that's that's gave me some hesitancy, like that that's made me hesitate um, when I think about this or about how I feel about this. Because right. in my mind, in my heart, I'm I'm critical of Andy Ruiz here. I think he's in the wrong. And the only mm-hmm. thing that's kind of like holding me back from fully committing is the thought that Al Heyman may have something. And that's what I'm saying. He ha- he's not making these decisions on his own. He he's the the front of it. He's the face of it. And I understand any criticism that he does get behind it. But I have to trust his management. They have to be doing it for a specific reason. The same way that we actually look at it now. And again, I, I'm going to sit there and and. I guess contradicting myself to an extent because I also agree with when people were saying, yo, you're the fighter, you're the main attraction. You make the move. You know, it, it, you can make this happen if you actually want it to happen. But look, man, we when we look at it, we look at it, the totality of everything. Al Heyman is doing this and has to have done this for some specific reason. I have to trust that as of right now. And at the end of the day, I understand it because it really could be. It really could be. The look, this is a bad look politically. This is a bad look that could be something that can, you know, tarnish your reputation in the future. And let's not do let's fight against it, because if we fight against it, especially going over there, it's going to make us look better in the future. So who knows? Or this can be a publicity stunt. Facts. Because to me, to to drum up more drama and we're talking about it more. A lot of people are talking about it right now. A lot of people are talking about it. It's pretty much the biggest fight in heavyweight boxing right now outside of Wilder and Fury. So when this was actually going to happen this year. Yes. And when heavyweight boxing is big, the world is watching. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm -hmm. People are captivated uh, when it comes to the heavyweights getting getting in that ring swinging leather. So. The world is waiting on this fight. We've surrounded it with some drama, mm-hmm. add some more bad blood to it, you know, make the beef a little bit more real. Okay, well, now we can get more eyes because it, it, it looks like it, more it of a could genuine be it. dislike between the fighters. That could be it, man. It really could be. Because, I mean, he's, <laughs> he signed a contract. So I, I just don't know what leg he's standing on. He doesn't have any power here because he's he, he wasn't forced to sign that contract. He chose to find, sign well, that contract. Well, look, he... He has a foot to stand on if he is willing to go ahead and vacate the titles. I don't understand it. I don't know where your leverage will be because the leverage that he has is that he has the belts. So, look, I I think he is bound by a contract. I think they have there is some negotiating power because he has the belts. And I think that because of all the negative press that they're getting, he probably has a little bit more. I trust Al Heyman. So I guess I'm rocking with that and I'm rocking with Andy Ruiz at this point in time. But man, if we don't hear something, I'll be honest, if I don't hear anything within the next week and a half, two weeks, I'm going to start questioning some shit. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, I just don't get it. And yes, I look to Al and, you know, business wise, it has seemed like in the past he's made great decisions for the people under him. Yes, I, I totally understand that. But I, I just don't get it. I mean, in, in this particular scenario, I don't get it. I felt like this was the contract that he just kind of had to serve to transition to the next phase in his, in his career. Right. And once he gets finishes this contract and gets that second knockout of AJ, like we both think he will, mm-hmm. then you can let the Al Heyman effect start to take its place. But 
he signed that contract. So you would just naturally assume and, you know, maybe you're assuming Mason ass out of you and me. But you would naturally assume that he's going to do those do those two fights, you know, take this way more money that he ever could even dream of and transition to the next phase of his career. Possible. Possible. I mean, hey, man, we'll see. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what is happening. I just wanted this to be resolved so we know what's going on and something like this in the next couple weeks, man. But speaking of unresolved issues, man, uh, moving right along, we're keeping with the same guy. Talking about a different opponent, man. We're talking about Anthony Joshua and Lennox Lewis have been going back and forth on Twitter. And um, it seems like Anthony Joshua is kind of shitty at some of the comments that Lennox Lewis recently made. And he's essentially calling him a clown, man. So I'll read it directly from Boxing Scene. In the aftermath of that fight, Lewis took to social media and was critical of Joshua's preparation for Ruiz, and he also felt the Olympic gold medal winner was better suited to part ways with longtime trainer Rob McCracken. During an on-demand special for Sky Sports, Joshua hit back. Lennox is a clown. I don't respect Lennox, Joshua said on AJ. Uh, Joshua said on AJ, the untold truth. Me and Lennox are not the same. My legacy is to sit back and enjoy the younger generation coming up and not to be involved. Just to appreciate what it takes to get there. Lennox isn't like that. Me and Lennox are cut from a different cloth. Joshua even shot back when, when it was discussed how Lewis left an impressive legacy, which prompted the once beaten fighter to state, so, so am I. Lewis himself was shockingly upset twice in his career with unexpected defeats in the hands of Oliver McCall and Haseem Rockman. He avenged both of those losses. Hey. Okay, so look. Um, do you want to say really quick, do you want to talk about um, uh, Lewis's response? Yes. So Lewis responded on, uh, on Twitter and he basically said, you know, one, you're not like me. I'm undisputed. I'm trying to find the exact tweet here. Um, I had it on my Twitter. I retweeted it. So, man, look, I like at this point in time, I was because I've been thinking about it and I'm like, who, if anybody, do I stop? Okay, so Lennon Sue said this. Lennon Sue says, wow, he's right. We are cut from a different cloth. Undisputed wasn't something I, quote unquote, worried about. It was something I went after until it was accomplished. Mic drop, boom. Lennox Lewis, man, look, I can't lie to you, man. I side with Lennox Lewis 1000%, right? Um, I think your boy Anthony Josh was coming off looking like a little bit of a bitch, all right? Um, and the reason I say that is this. First and foremost, Lennox Lewis is a part of the media at this point in time. Media are going to say they're going to break it down to the best of their ability. You cannot sit there and worry about what anybody else says. I think we understand that. But again, I understand how some individuals can't be sensitive to those type of things, right? That's whatever. Um, let's go back and actually think about and look at what Lennox Lewis is actually talking about, what he's actually said. He was critical of the handling of the Deontay Wilder situation, which I think you and I have both been critical of, yeah? I think mostly everybody. Everybody has, exactly. That's a big one of the biggest things that Stephen A. Smith went off about, right? So the handling of that situation that I think a lot of people really, really hated. And then in terms of this Andy Ruiz fight, let's go back and look at that. He picked AJ to win, but he was one of the only people that was like, yo, 
Ruiz is a live dog, right? After this, he was, he said, yo, I think the he, he was like, you lost the belt. Go back to get your belt where you lost it back in the States. Or it would be great for boxing if you guys had that fight in their rematch in Mexico and what it would mean for the heavyweight division and for boxing in totality to sit there and actually have them fight in Mexico. He was like, that would be historic. That would be incredible. That's all he said. And the fact that AJ is sitting here firing back and bent out of shape because of somebody being a little bit, having constructive criticism, somebody who was in his position. That's just constructive criticism. He didn't shit on him. And for him to sit there and say he's a clown and this and that, yo, you're soft, bro. Like, he's coming off looking lazy. He's, he's, he's as soft as wet puppy shit at this point in time. You know, I've gone back and forth on this one a little bit. And, you know, I can understand how Anthony Joshua felt. He he felt like he was harshly criticized by Lennox Lewis. He felt like Lennox Lewis was critical of people in his camp. And to a certain extent, you know, I can understand why Anthony Joshua would be like, oh, like, nah, my people good. Like, we took a loss, but we'll be back. You know, he kind of he gets a, gets a little bit defensive. But the other side of that and the side that I agree with is Lennox Lewis is a member of the media. You are Anthony Joshua. You have fans internationally. Everybody is. is going to have something to say. Literally, you're just a topic of conversation when it and comes to boxing. And he was asked a question. And all, he suffered one of the biggest upsets of all time. He literally suffered an all-time upset. So people are going to flip on you, but you have to understand that. You have a chance to get in the ring and earn it back. But that doesn't mean you need to take shots at Lennox Lewis, who only wants to see you do well. And here's the thing. People would forget Lennox Lewis isn't an American dude. He's British. He's British. He wants, obviously, to see his guys win. So the fact that, but Lennox Lewis is, like you said, he's he's a member of the media, and I think he really wants what's best for the heavyweight division and the sport in general. But think about it. Like you said, he lost to Haseem Rahman. What did he do after the fight? Did he bitch and complain about it? Granted, different eras. Social media wasn't the same. The media wasn't on people at the same amount. But he came back and completely destroyed Hassan Rahman. Now, here's another thing, too. We have to realize Anthony Joshua didn't get it wasn't a one punch knockout. It wasn't like some freak thing that happened because that's what happened with Hassan Rahman and Lennox Lewis. Called him with a shot, right? Dropped him. We saw what happened when he came back. This wasn't a, a one shot thing. He beat him. He literally beat his ass. You know, for the majority of the rounds in that fight. So even you, even Tyson Fury said that Tyson Fury. Yes, I think is a little bit of jab back and forth because I don't think he won. Uh, Ruiz won every round, but he won the bulk of a man. So, look, I, I think this is a bad look by Joshua. I'm be honest with you between him saying talking about this, pay attention to what he's looking like this, his body changing completely within a matter of months. Um and him also saying recently in the media, yo, if me and Ruiz fight 10 times, I win nine of them. He was like, he's not giving Ruiz the respect that he deserves. He's looking at this like it was a fluke. I don't think his head is in the right spot. I think he's going to get dealt with this next time. Well, I just think with everything going on, we're just consistently constantly calling Anthony Joshua's mental stability into question. And, you know, 
fighters go back and back and forth with the media all the time. We've seen it over and over again. But in this particular instance, most fighters, you know, they took an L like they can come back and avenge it. But you deserve the media heat. That's just what happens in the year 2019. Something happens. People react to it. You have enough problems going on right now to be engaging in bickering with the media like you just have enough going on right now why even waste the mental space you want to do an interview promote the fight whatever and maybe this is just another publicity stunt he knew if he said something about this about Lennox Lewis the fight is going to get more press because that's a big thing to say against an undisputed champ from your country but I mean AJ you, you got a lot to focus on right now a lot and I wouldn't be wasting my mental and emotional energy on this right now it's just it's just when it's just not something i would concern myself with dude for real bro um again i think it's a bad look i think he comes off not looking great but uh we'll see what happens man um uh if this do you still think this fight is going to happen this year yes okay do you still think it's going to happen in saudi arabia because they're already talking about moving it. They have already started talking about moving it. I'm going to go on a limb and say no. You do not think it's going to happen there. I'm going to go on a limb and say no. All right. I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to happen there either. I, I, I think that... Maybe that's uh, just me partially hoping it doesn't happen there, but... No, I legitimately don't. I think there's too much backlash at this point in time. I really do. Well, uh, they knew that would happen. Like this, they. Can't I, I generally this. don't think that they thought it was going to be as bad as it was, and and I also don't think that they'd get as much pushback from the Hudouis camp. I can see True. that. I, 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 I can see that, but I mean, it, it it is what it is at the at this point. It, you know, like I said, I always I don't like dealing in hearsay. We don't have facts on this one. We can facts. only a- analyze and. You know, we'll see come December 7th. Well, you know what we can? We do have facts of where we can analyze Virgil Ortiz, bro. That dude is a dog. 14 and 0, 14 KOs, man. Finally went out there and actually had um fought somebody whom was supposed to be a step up. He fought somebody who a lot of people thought was supposed to be the dude in uh Antonio Orozco, who's 28, was 28 and 0 at the time. Um, bro, no, he was he's 28 and 1. My yeah. bad. 28-1. With his only loss to being Jose Ramirez, I believe. Which is nothing to sneeze no at. slouch. That is nothing bad. Um, this dude is a beast, man. He's somebody who is... You've talked about him a lot. And actually, um, the first time you came on, we were talking about it. Uh, you, you, This was like one of those prospects that you were talking about. Um, and this dude has definitely come into fruition as one of those guys in this welterweight division. And in the next couple years can really start making some noise, man. Um, yo, man, you brought him up, man. You were the first one that actually brought him to my attention. Speak on it, bro. So Antio, Antonio Orozco has never been stopped before his stoppage no. against um, Virgil Ortiz. Mauricio Herrera, also a, a very tough customer in the division, yeah. been around for a long time. He was stopped by Virgil Ortiz. Virgil Ortiz is the real deal. I think he's... Still a little bit young and still has more just natural development. Mm-hmm. My biggest knocks on him, because, you know, obviously he looked great. Beautiful, beautiful knockout. 
he ha- he carries a lot. He's carried his strength from 140 to 147, which is always something you look for because uh, prior to that, the jumps are four and five pounds. Now you're jumping seven pounds. You always want to see if that fighter can keep their pa- power. He definitely has, is looking like <laughs> shit. He's, yeah, hell yeah, he does. Yeah, he's definitely looking like he, he's kept his power. My only criticism is that one, I don't think he's fluid yet, and this is something that you, that's, you mean. that's very common with young fighters in the fact that. They're either on offense or they're on defense, mm-hmm. but they're not fluid yet. And that's I think that's something that comes with a little bit more age and experience. Yeah. I think around in the next year or two, he'll be very fluid because it's not like he's not improving. But he's you improving know what, though? Fight. Here's the thing. He he can 100 um, percent improve on that. But I mean, he doesn't he have a pretty extensive amateur background? I mean, I'm not sure. I'm at, So I'm pulling it up right now. I'm looking at his record, but. I know he had an amateur background. He wasn't um, one of those guys who just came out. So the fact that that could, yes, it could be one of those things that he's still learning, but he's 14 and no. And think about this, man. We're talking about somebody who does a great job offensively, defensively, um, different weight class, obviously. But man, look at somebody like Caleb Plant, right? He's only, he's 16 and no. And he's somebody who's actually does it well, blends it together well. Um, obviously I can't, I, I don't want to, even though it does have the same or roughly the same amount of fights in a, um, um, whoa, uh, why am I blank? Lomachenko. So, I mean, that's somebody else. So it's one of those things that I think this could be a fault in this game that we're seeing. It could be one of those things that yes, he can continue developing it and get better. But when he starts fighting the other guys at the top of the division, is that going to be something that ends up hindering him once he fights these guys? Because one of the things that happens, if this isn't something that's already ingrained in you, it's going to be one of those things that you always revert back to who you are. So, for instance, he's fighting somebody in the future like an Errol Spence if he's already there. Errol Spence can play offense and defense. If he's coming forward, does that mean Virgil Ortiz, if he's starting to get pushed back after he's been hurt, what happens to him? So I'm not saying that he can't grow, but I think it's something that we need to look at. But man, can you imagine? And they spoke about this a little bit uh, on the card. Virgil Ortiz in a couple, in maybe two years versus Errol Spence at Cowboy Ooh, Stadium. Bro, bro. That you're talking about an event? It, it'd man. be amazing. It'd, it, be, it, it'd be amazing. Um, obviously, I, I think we we all know how I feel about Errol Spence. Um, he and... Uh, you know, and Bud Crawford at the top of the division. I think everybody could agree with that. I would love to see them fight together. I can't wait to see Errol Spence fight um, Sean Porter coming up soon, which we don't even have to talk about today, but I think we both have talked about it enough. We both agree Errol Spence will put the hammers to him. I think it's going to be a good fight. I just think he's going to end up putting the hammers on Sean Porter. Um, But yeah, man, future, bro, this could be really, really good. Anything else you want to say about Virgil? Just one of the things I really enjoy is watching a star rise in the welterweight division simply because that tier two of welterweights is so good and so much better than the tier two in other divisions. When it you is. talk talk about the likes of, let's say, Manny Pacquiao's friends, some may consider him one, some may consider him two. But then you have guys like Danny Garcia, Sean Porter. Um, good dudes, man. You have you have uh, Ordinas Ugas. Yep. So you have guys like that holding down that second tier that Yo, are, are all Ortiz very interesting versus fights. Ugas would be nice in about a year. And so, I mean, yeah. you, it's fun to watch somebody come up in the, in the welterweight division and really get a better understanding for where they may fall. I still think, you know, he's a, at least a year away from top level, top level opposition. Mm-hmm. But 
for right now, it's fun watching him fight these guys and fun watching him improve fight over fight. All right, man. Well, check it out. Uh, moving right along. Uh, yo, Tyson Fury. He signed a deal. He's fighting. He's fighting against um, Otto Weiland, who is Swede. Six, five and a half, 20 and no, 13 knockouts. Um, look, man, top rank is going to make this seem like this is going to be a matchup. They're going to have a little bit of back and forth. They're going to make him seem like he's the boogeyman. I, I think this is just going to be like his last fight, man. Um, excitement level for me, I'm not going to lie to you, is somewhere around a five just because I enjoy watching Tyson Fury. And that's about it. But in terms of matchup, look, dog, I can't get thoroughly excited unless you're fighting somebody who's worthy. This is just a showcase fight. Oh, and when is this even taking place? This is taking place on, looks like, uh, September 14th. I could be wrong. Man, is he out here fighting on Mexican Independence Independence Day? He's taking Canelo's spot. Tyson Fury. I could be wrong there, but I I see September 14th. Multiple places. Shit, that means he is. Yeah. And I mean, we have, from, 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 from my perspective, this fight is not for us. This fight, you know, is not for the hardcores, the guys like me and you doing this podcast. Right. This fight is for the casuals. For Thanks. all you casuals out there, this fight is for you. Yeah. Who haven't seen, who maybe don't know how good Tyson Fury really is. They're going to put him all over ESPN, put him back on first take. Tyson Fury can run his fucking mouth. So you're gonna let him, you're gonna let him talk. You're gonna let him do his thing. Build a fight on that monster that is ESPN. And then, of course, you're an elite level boxer. You're gonna look good against a trash can. And he will look good. He will get the knockout. And for the casuals that didn't know him before, wow, now they're captivated by Tyson Fury's movement. This is the guy who um, who Deontay Wilder couldn't knock out. Who Deontay Wilder may have lost to. This is that guy. Now we know who he is. Now that fight gets a lot bigger because we're already there. We don't need any convincing. We don't need this fight, but the casuals do. The casuals may need one more so that you can take the fight from, you know, maybe a a seven to an 11. They just need a little bit of that push. And here we are. And that's what those last two fights have been. Right. Um, Look, man, they're going to parade him out there on ESPN He's gonna sell the shit out of this fight. He's gonna sell the he's gonna sell the heavyweight division. So that is gonna be entertaining. But in terms of the fight itself, I, I can really care less about this. Um it, it's just keeping him busy, which is a good thing, I guess. And you know, he's getting that big fight experience, whatever. But th- this is gonna be this is trash, Matt, to me. Um I, honestly, he's been more entertaining recently in the media. When he's talking shit about AJ and everything else, like that's where Tyson Fury has been good. So all in all, look, can't wait to see him fight, but whatever, man, it's, it's, it is what it is. He's one of the biggest names in the sport, so we got to address it. But in terms of the fight itself, whatever. Yeah. My son's mix exactly. We can move on from this. I mean, it's not much to say here. Well, a fight that we are excited for coming up next week. We're going to touch on a little bit, but you have a good point, man. Model versus beast. So we're going to figure this out. Um, Yard versus Kovalev next weekend, man. How are you feeling about it? Yard versus, versus Kovalev. All right, real quick. Excitement level. Scale of 1 to 10. See, what is it coming up next week? 
I'm I'm a ten. I'm nine ten. I mean, okay, you know what? I'll say I'm an eight nine. I mean, I, I'm an eight. I'm an eight, low key. I'm not gonna say I'm as excited as I would be for a Canelo fight, but I Fact. always say on on here. I love storylines. Mm. And what you get with this fight is a very captivating storyline. Right. Kovalev has reigned at the top of that division for a very long time now. Maybe you don't rank him as maybe one of the greats, but he's definitely a very, I mean, very you, you good. You can argue he's, it. He's, you can argue, but he's a, at the very least, he's a high, a high level elite boxer. Right. We do know that. Because we know Kovalev, we've seen him against top, top opposition. Right. Some wins, some losses, but he has been there. Mm-hmm. Then we have a guy and, you know, when you think about the way we spoke about Ryan Garcia last week Mm -hmm. and we said he's a bit of a Instagram model. You don't know if it's real. You don't know if it's filter. Well, that's exactly what we have with Anthony Yard. You know, he He has the muscles. He does. He has the knockouts. Yeah. You know, he has he has a trainer behind him that claims he's uh, that's out the Mayweather gym that claims he's the best he has ever seen. Yeah. So he has everything. But. Of course you look strong when you're in there against bums. Of course of course you look fast when you're in there against bums. How do you look when you're in there against true elite level competition? And how if you feel when you actually get tested, when you get rocked, when you get think because that's a legitimate possibility against Kovalev. Yeah, but it can go the other way as well. He could be the real deal. And if he if he goes in there and scores an impressive not even it could be a knockout, but a win at all for him is huge. Literally, the he- this the light division be, changes. This can be Anthony Yard's um, Klitschko moment, just the same way that it was for Anthony Joshua. This can be his moment where he goes out there, he beats a legend, and he, hey, speaks well, good looking British dude with muscles. We've seen how this story goes. Those guys get pushed. He can legitimately become a legit superstar if he wins this fight. Yeah, he he definitely. This fight won't make him a superstar because Kovalev isn't in, that in America big, yeah. isn't that big of a superstar. But hey, but but in the, for the same manner, neither was Vitaly Klitschko. Correct, correct. But a lot of people didn't like his fighting style. But most people know who the Klitschko brothers are. At least. Yeah, but but if and if you're a boxing fan, people are gonna put some respect on on uh, Kovalev's name. They but will. E- either way, honestly. I think it's a very comparable matchup. Well, the division gets so interesting because you have a unification Ooh. later this year with Better Beave and Alexander Vozdik. Yep. So those belts will be unified. You'll have a, a champ, potentially a new champ uh, with Kovalev's belt. Uh, Kovalev currently holds the, um, that is the WBO belt. So it'll either be held by Sergey Kovalev or Anthony Yard. And then you could potentially have another unification fight. You still have Dimitri Bivol there with the WBA WBA belt uh, if he doesn't go down. So, I mean, there's a lot that you can do with that division. A lot of unknown right now. But I'm going to tell you something. At the end of Saturday of next week, I think the fight's in Russia. So we'll be watching it earlier in the day. We'll have a little bit more clarity than we had today. Facts. And I'm I am very excited for it. I, I just think with the, so much unknown about Anthony Yard, but him looking so good, it just makes for a great storyline. Okay, so speaking of clarity, I'm gonna move to a different division real quick. Okay. Who you got in this in this three man rotation? Benavidez, Durrell, Plant. Plant. Why? Defensively. 
Um, I, I think Benavidez has great power, mm-hmm. but I've also seen him, you know, hit a few guys all fight and they just haven't gone. So, you know, we've seen Caleb Plant take a few punches in that Uzkatsugi fight. Definitely not that last fight, but we saw him, we saw him take a few punches. I think he has a decent chin. We, I, I'm not going to say we know how good his chin is, but I think he has a decent chin. I think but, he has a good chin. I think I, he has a legit chin. But with his de- defense and the way his, and, and the way he is with how good he is in terms of ring generalship from what we've seen thus far, I would take um, Caleb Plant. But I mean, David Benavides is a good, exciting fighter. Maybe he sucks Caleb Plant into a slugfest. You know, Caleb Plant comes with a lot of heart. So mm-hmm. maybe he gets sucked into a slugfest. Well, now you're on David Benavides territory. Facts. Um, look, I also have Plant. Uh, I, I really, he's one of my favorite fighters to watch because not only is he great defensively, he he's great with the hands. I love his footwork. I love his hand speed. Um, I just really enjoy watching his skill set. I, I honestly, he's one of those guys that I hope he has an opportunity to fight some of these the best guys in the world because I feel like I can get into watching him fight the same excitement way that I get with a Canelo Alvarez. I really believe I can get to that point. You know, I'm interested to see how the Darrell Benavidez fight plays out because that fight's upcoming in September. I'm super excited for for that fight. Um, Darrell moves a lot. Both of those brothers do. They're big, big movers, more defensive minded fighters. And obviously, David Benavidez is more of a pressure fighter. Darrell so, said that he believes his brother is a more slick fighter than Caleb Plant. I mean, his brother... I disagree, Caleb, but... Caleb Plant just beat the guy that his brother got knocked out. Exactly. By. Twice, almost. I mean, exactly. so, I mean, no. Yeah. It's not true. It's just not. Um, and and <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's fact. They haven't been in the ring together, but I mean... You have a, a common opponent around the same time. Like, I mean, there's not much else that you can draw. Caleb Plant is better on his feet. He's more slick than um, than that Darrell brother. Um, which Darrell brother is that, actually? Was it? Uh, man, one of them 12 dudes, man. Yeah. But look, regardless. That, okay, that is, I think, I think that's, Andre, that's Andre Darrell. Right. Um, look, man, uh, again, I got planned also, man, and I can't wait to see those fights, man. And I, I'm, I'm loving that. Again, man, we talk about it all the time. I love what I'm seeing with boxing right now. I love all the divisions are deep, man. Uh, but there's nothing really popping this weekend. But what is, is UFC 241. UFC 241 is happening in Anaheim, California this upcoming week, or today, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, it is Friday, man, today. But, um, fighters weighed in. Everybody's good. Uh, it's headlined by one of the goats, Daniel Cormier. He's fighting arguably the greatest heavyweight of the UFC history in Sipe Miocic. This is a rematch um, from last year, about a year and a couple months, about a year and about a month and a half, month, two months. Yeah, it's about, what is it, about 14 months ago they first fought. Um, man, I'm excited about the entire card, but yo, I know you know the main event fighters, man. How you feeling about the main event? Yeah, man. You know, with mixed martial arts still being in what seemed like its infancy stages, it's still a growing sport. It seems like we're announcing a new GOAT, a new potential greatest of all time, a new guy in that conversation every few years. And over the last couple of years, DC has entered that conversation. And the only thing that people really have against him are a couple losses to John Jones, one in which he tested positive for a banned banned substance. For all of them. 
All so, the Mexican supplements. So, you know, when you look at what DC has done over a long period, he really is one of the greatest of all time. He does not need another John Jones fight. But I think one more win over Stipe Miocic, is that correct? Yeah. Oh, I think one more win over Stipe Miocic does absolutely cement his legacy. Facts. And I absolutely do believe he'll get he'll get that win. I th- don't think it'll come in the first round mm-hmm. like last time, but I think a late round two or three, he'll get a stoppage uh, likely by submission, I think. I, I have a third round stoppage uh, myself. Um, I think he's going to have a good first round. And like last time, and he granted, he knocked his motherfucker out in the first round. But still, uh, look, man, I think it's gonna be a great fight. I love Stipe, but you're right. Daniel Cormier wins this fight. His legacy is already cemented. He's already going to be known as one of the greatest to ever do it. But he goes out there and actually defends his belt once again. He honestly, he probably will be have the claim to the greatest heavyweight of all time, because let's not forget. He also has one never lost at heavyweight in his career. He's an Olympic, not a champion, but he is a multiple time Olympian. Dude is incredible. And here's the thing. Have you had an opportunity to check out his E60 that happened this past, uh, that came out last week? No, I didn't get a chance. Please do, man. Everybody, please do. It's an incredible story, man. This dude has done, I mean, the losses that he has bounced back from in his life is crazy. This dude was getting ready for the Olympics and his three-month-old daughter got killed in a car accident. Like, this dude has been through the ringer, man. Losses to Kale Sanderson and bouncing back in the Olympics. Almost dying getting ready for the Olympics because his kidney shut down the year that he was supposed to win gold. I mean, you had they talk about all these different things. His his time coming up, you know, um, with you know, strike force and moving on, the Grand Prix, the UFC, his drama with John Jones fam. What an incredible story, man. And to see where he is now, um, being one of the faces of the UFC, being honestly, aside from Joe Rogan, possibly the best commentator that the UFC, he's doing details like Kobe Kobe and and Peyton Manning. This dude is really making a name for himself, man. I I couldn't be happier for the dude. And I think he's going to beat Stipe's ass uh, this weekend. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an ass whooping like it was arguably the first time. I mean, the first time it's the first round knockout, it happens. Uh, we didn't get to see it over. A, we don't have much of a sample, but I do think that he wins. I don't think it's dominant. I think it will be competitive. No, I think it's a. I think it's still going to be a dominant win, but I think it's going to be a very tough fight. Okay, it's going to be a tough fight, but I think it's not going to be no doubt. We know who's the better fighter. A tough fight with a clear winner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, the rest of this card is dope, man. Um. I know I'm not going to get into the card instead, but uh, Nate Diaz, Anthony Pettis. I know you know Nate Diaz. This is his first fight in about three years. Um, this is a great one. Anthony Pettis is a former champion at 155 pounds. Um, has be- everybody that Nate Diaz has actually lost to. Anthony Pettis is beaten. So there, But it's a great stylistic matchup. Um, it's a, a really dope you know, two Latinos going at it. You got the Mexican versus the Puerto Rican. It's a really, really entertaining matchup, man. Um, Nate Diaz, one of the sports legends. Anthony Pettis, another one of the sports legends. This is going to be a great fight. This is the people's main event. Now, with Nate Diaz at 34 years old, out of the ring for three years, what does Doesn't he matter. have left? Doesn't it, matter. You don't think Doesn't that matters matter. at all? First of all, MMA is not like boxing. 34 years old is not old. So we got to change the narrative with that when it comes to MMA, right? Well, Guys aren't I, getting... I, there's different types of old, and he's been here. in some wars. What was that? There's different types of but old. But then he's, he's also had wars. three years off, but that's his style. That's what he's done. And here's the thing. Yes, he takes damage, 
But if you haven't been in one of those wars in three years, his body is rejuvenated. He took a two and a half year layoff before he came back looking better than he ever has. He looked refreshed. He looked stronger. He looked like he had different wrinkles in his game. Nate Diaz is actually one of those guys that is built to fight. No matter what, he's coming with it. So I don't care if he's been out of the cage for two days or six years. He's always going to come and perform at the top of his level because he's a gamer. That's just who he is. I never have an issue with him. Now, with all that being said, I think Anthony Pettis wins this fight. Anthony Pettis, um, this fight is not going to go to the ground. It's probably going to take take place on the feet. Anthony Pettis has more weapons. He throws more kicks. And at 170 pounds, he carries power. Not saying that he's going to knock anybody out, but he carries power with him. Um, The only way, Nate has to break him with pressure. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that with Anthony Pettis this time. Um, We'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a great fight. Oh, if it goes to the ground, though, I'll say this. Nate Diaz does not have a clear-cut advantage. He doesn't. Anthony Pettis has submitted one of his te- one of um, um, Nate Diaz's teammates in Gilbert Melendez, so he is a black belt also on the ground. This is a great fight, people's main event. I'm I'm excited for the card. I mean, it's definitely a, a good card, star studded with na- names that we're very familiar with, names that have been around this sport for a long time. So you know, it's not only a good a good card for a hardcore like yourself, but a yeah. casual, an, an admitted casual like myself. Hey, man, it should be great, man. But, yo, with all that being said, man, I got to figure out a new transition because I feel like I always say with all that being said. But regardless, uh, yo, B, thank you, man, for coming in today, bro. Yes, I appreciate man. you, man. Um, Yo, uh, we got to do it again sometime, bro. No, we'll, do, we'll definitely make sure this happens again. We're going to keep giving y'all content and, uh, you know, give y'all stuff to enjoy. So, uh, Serge is... You know, he's making more uh, in, in visual appearances. You've seen him on TV, <laughs> TV recently. Now he's now he's doing more IGTV. So, yeah, we definitely going to keep it coming. Thank you for supporting. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at BCAM13. That's with two M's. And on Twitter at BCAMThinks. That is one M. There See y'all is, soon, man. All right. As always, man, I appreciate you guys listening to the Fight Podcast. Remember, man, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Also, don't forget to follow the Fight Podcast um, at the Fight Podcast. Listen to us where all podcasts are available. You know, uh, I or Apple, it was Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all the above, man. So uh, SoundCloud, check us out there. Find us at the website, www.thefightpodcast.com. Follow me at Serge Vicente. Um, love you guys, man. As always, I appreciate you uh, checking us out. Uh, we'll probably drop in some more stuff talking about the fights this weekend and so much more man thank you guys for listening check out the IGTV channel I'll have some more coming out today Uh, with that support the show love you guys peace out